you gave thousands of years ago is still valid today. That which you have done before, you are still doing today. That's why we honor you, we bless your name, because there is none like you. Accept our worship in Jesus' name. We have come. Holy Spirit, teach us today in the name of Jesus. Bless your people in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. You can please have your seat. We're going to start this morning by God's grace in demonstrating one of some of the tools that the church has provided, of course, which is an investment to help us to grow in the Lord. In Acts chapter 17, verse 11, the Bible says, These were more nobles than those in Thessalonica. That's talking about the Berean Christian. In that they received the word with all readiness of mind. And they searched the scripture daily whether those things were so. By God's grace, you are in a church where you are encouraged to dig deep to the world. Any word you hear on this altar, you are permitted to go search for it and cling on to the truth. 
And to achieve this, to help us achieve this, I had as a research carried out that when you hear something, talking about a Christian university in the U.S., when you hear a message, for you to truly understand that message, for you to truly internalize it, not to miss any vital thing God has proposed for you, you must listen to that message minimum five times. So you see how many things you have missed. You hear a message on Friday, and that's all. Many don't even have any judgment. And you want to grow. It's not possible. So, to help us in this, can I have the slide, please? The first slide, please. On website. Okay. Now, so, to help us in this, we're going to be taking you through very shortly, we have limited time, the website of the church. Next slide, please. Please, you can write this down. Many of you are asking us what is the website of the church. TBOLF, very simple, dot org. That's the website of the church. We have lots of things on it, but at the same time, there are more. It's a growing project. But at the minimum, we'll be taking you through what are the things we have on this website. On the website, when you get home, you can navigate through it. We have the promise for the year, for the week. We have the promise for the month. We have the vision statement of the church. We have the mission statement of the church, the objectives of the church. The statement of fitness we gave you a couple of weeks ago is also in that website. So you have all these facilities for you to know about the church. And also, we have messages. All the messages preached in this church since 2009 are on that website. So if you are saying, oh, I don't, I'm not growing, I don't know where to go, I'm not getting the truth, you have loads of information. All messages, Friday services, victory night, vigil, including slides for some meetings. You have it on that website. And the uniqueness of this is that when you go to this website, on it you have all this information. All the messages, you can download them to your system. So you can play them offline. Some churches, they make it, you can download, they restrict it. But you can download to your own desktop and listen anytime. In addition, if you use podcast, if you are Apple, you go to Apple Store, you see podcast. We have a podcast TBOLF, the Bread of Life Fellowship, Oman, message. Can I have the, the slide? Just for them to see that. The slide, please. The second, the second slide. You can have, download the messages on your podcast and you listen to it anytime. The slide, the second, the second the view graph on the slide. You can download it to your, to your phone and listen to the message anytime. So, you have all this information in your hand. The question is, are you using it? That's just a template from iPhone. That's the software, podcast. And you have the message for last week is on the website as we speak now. Okay. I think that's, 
That, that's, 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 so let's go to the website. You can just go through the message how to navigate. Now, one of the things I want to say again is, please, in the past, we know, yes, we have not been consistent in putting the messages as, as at when due, but by God's grace, we are committed to make sure any message you hear on Friday will be on that website before Sunday. In fact, our target is to do it before Friday is over. With the invest of any other thing, editing, you will have the message to listen to again by Sunday. With this, I believe God has given us opportunity. That is the, the messages that you see, you can download. If you want to download, you click that. Even the slide, you can click that slide and download the slide to your system as well. You decided that today That's one of the messages that our brother explained. nothing to do with anything that is taking place. That was last week. Truth. So you have it there. The, the message we are preaching today by God is going to be there before Sunday. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you have any question on the website, please we welcome your suggestion. What we can do better. Many of you have been telling us. You can approach me. Approach Brother Prasad and Brother Vivekan. So the three of us, I think that is helping to make sure this thing run on the website. The Lord bless every one of us in Jesus' name. And one thing we are still looking at is, currently we are not yet there, but we are going to do it. We are going to be having, we will make the register column live, active now, that you can post your prayer point, and it will be confidential. Cancel the session. We are going to put in there also discussion session. So if you listen to any message, you can discuss like you do on your social media, anytime on that platform. The Lord will help us to get there in Jesus' name. I think that is all for the website. Thank you, Brother Prasad. We're going to be continue our message on the statement of fitness of this church. Last month, we started, and we have, we have had four, four teachings now on the statement of faith. Sorry, statement of faith of the church. You have me say statement of fitness. That's one of the things we use in my, in my job. <laughs> Praise God. Probably God is saying we need to have statement of fitness in church. Are you truly fit for the kingdom? Are you with me? Statement of what? Fitness. Are you fit forever? You see, God is turning the message around now. <laughs> now, statement of faith of the church. And today we are going to be looking at two statements, two of the statements of faith, sanctification and holy communion. Now, sanctification should not be straight to any one of us in this church now. Because since the beginning of this year, this has been our focus. I want to see why we make you go through that website is, if you go to only the message for this year, it's enough information that you have on holiness sanctification. And in fact, only communion, if you go to 23rd of January, there was a message by our brother brother Sudi on only communion. You have all the information. So, I'll be rushing just to take you some of the major thing you need and need to add to sanctification and Holy Communion as regards to statement of faith of the church. Next slide, please. Now, this is the statement of 
Faith, you already have it. It's in the, on the website. Now the next slide. What is sanctification? It is the gracious work of the Holy Spirit. By the way, this is a teaching session, not a preaching. So as far as possible, open your Bible. Make it only that it's not going to be interactive. Unfortunately, because when it's in the church. Praise God. So, it is the gracious work of the Holy Spirit whereby a believer is free from sin and attained to holiness of heart and life. It is a state of being entirely free from sin. Anywhere you see in the scriptures, mostly, anywhere you see in the scripture, the word holiness, the word pure heart, circumcision of heart, perfection, like Jesus said, be ye perfect, as the Father in heaven is perfect. You can say, be ye sanctified, be ye holy, be ye pure. It's the same thing. So we don't need to be, let's not confuse ourselves about that. Sanctification, holiness, is still the same thing. Be completely free of what? Sin. Hebrews 12, 14, that will be our main text. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Which means, you can have every other thing in this world, including be a bishop. You can have every other thing. If you are not holy, you aren't going to heaven. So we are not teaching you something to get you temporary benefit. No. This is eternal benefit. No sanctification, no holiness, no heaven. Without holiness, you cannot see the Lord. In Ephesians 5, 25 to 27, say, husband, love your wife. And even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. About 26. And he said, There that he might sanctify and cleanse it from the washing of water by the word. 27. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot, 0% spot, not having wrinkles. Or any sort of thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Zero percent what? Sin. In First Thessalonians five twenty three. First Thessalonians five twenty three. See, and the very God of peace sanctify you holy, and I pray God that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless. So you see, 100% purity. Your spirit, your soul, and your body. We preserve what? Blameless. 100% purity. You don't say, oh no, I, I'm pure in heart. But my dress is not pure. My appearance can be anyhow. But at least I'm holy inside. That's enough. Yes, your spirit, soul, body. Everything about you. Preserve what? Blameless. Blameless unto what? The coming of our God. If Jesus comes, you are not found blameless, you are in God. But that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. 
In a statement of faith, of faith now, <laughs> now let's go to the slide. He said, we believe, let's go to the slide please. We believe in the doctrine of sanctification as a definite yet progressive work of grace. And I'm going to be concentrating on this. Sanctification is what? A definite yet progressive work of grace. Commencing at the time of regeneration and continue until the consummation of salvation. In 2 Peter 3.18, 2 Peter 3.18 says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grow in grace. Grow in your closeness to God. There was a message I preached here about being perfect in August, I believe. And I said, sanctification is in grace. But it doesn't mean Whatever grade you have, that you score 99%. You remember? Now, when you are in primary school, you score 100%. They will say you are what? Excellent student. When you are in secondary school, high school, you score 100%. You are excellent student. When you are doing your doctorate degree, you score 100%. You are what? Excellent student. But is your level of knowledge the same? No. So, your sanctification grows as you move closer to Jesus. And we concluded that there are two people that truly know you and God. Your rating is known by you and God. We have discovered that you can actually deceive yourself. Or you can't deceive God. <laughs> you cannot deceive God. Is it that you are or you are not? Philippians 3, 12 to 14. We saw Paul. If you know, go and look at the story of the exploit that Apostle Paul did. But despite that, Apostle Paul, when he got to Philippians 3, 12 to 14, he said, Brethren, I can't, verse 13, I can't know myself to have apprehended, to have achieved any goal. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, I reach forth unto those things which are before. I press forward towards the mark of the prize, of the eye calling. Which means, no matter any level you have as a child of God, there's still room for you to grow. And there's still room for you to be closer to God. Which means, your sanctification is in a growing trend. But how is your holiness from the beginning of this year? Let's not go far. When you started this year, your level of holiness and compared to now, is it the same? And I can assure you something. That the grace to be holy is heavy upon this church this year. And if you miss it, you're on your own. You know, last year it was the wave of fruitfulness. This year is the wave of what? Holiness. If you miss it, you're on your own. Everything you need to do to cooperate with God to achieve this goal, please go for it. Next slide, please. I'm sure it's like those slides are very small for people using this. That's okay. 
Now, there are twofold nature of sin. Next one. The twofold nature of sin. And when these things are get, they, God, God helps you to deal with them. Number one, outward sin. This is the actual sin which gets forgiven at conversion. The sin that we see you commit. You did the right thing, we all saw you. But the sin you committed in your heart, do we see it? Hello? So when you are saved, what gets forgiven? The actual sin that we see. The sin that even you yourself, you can't hide it. By the time you are saved, those sins got forgiven. All actual sins are confessed and forgiven as salvation. The sinner becomes justified. And justification simply means just as if you have not sinned. Justification. Just as if you have not sinned. So in other words, you can confront the devil. Yes, I committed abortion one year ago. But now I have given my life to Jesus. That sin is zero on the account of Jesus. That happens as what? As salvation. Number two category of sin, you can read John 5.14 and John 8.11. That was when Jesus forgave the sins of the adulterous woman. In John 5.14, John 8.11. And the second category of sin is what we call the inward sin. Inward sin. Indwelling sin. Inherited wickedness. Do you teach a child to bite the mother? Hello? Do you teach your child to bite you? Mothers know what I mean, right? It is natural. Inherited wickedness that we inherited from who? From Adam. Natural ability to do wrong things are rendered powerless when you are sanctified. Every inward nature, things that make you to commit sin you are struggling with, when you are fully sanctified, they become nothing to you. You are being purged, being cleansed, and your heart purified at sanctification. And this can only happen after salvation. All believers are not called to be sanctified. They cannot be. Hello? The first step is what? You must be saved. And your actual sin is cleansed. Number two, you need to cooperate with God as you grow. Then you become completely free in your heart, in your soul, from the yoke of sin. Willingness and nature to commit sin is killed. That's what happened. Romans 6 says, Isaiah 6, 7, and Titus 2, 14. Titus 2, 14 says, Who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity, and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good work. So the question is, are you zealous of good work? Every day are you struggling with sin? 
You see, I'm just finding myself falling. Myself falling. You are not holy unto the Lord. It should become natural. I was teaching in a discipleship class. Some of this material I picked from the discipleship class. So if you have not attended the discipleship class, you are missing. I was teaching that is it possible for is it possible for a fish to say I don't know how to swim? Is it possible? A fish. Say mommy fish, come and teach me how to swim. Is it possible? It is natural. That's the way it should be natural for you to run from sin. As a believer, if you cooperate with God by being holy, by not touching things you should not touch, by not watching things you should not watch, by not joining association you should not join. A believer cannot enjoy the beauty of being a Christian until he or she is sanctified. So you see why you are struggling as a Christian. In 2 Corinthians 7, 1, say, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You do what? Perfecting holiness. It's a process. The closer you are to God, the more of His best that you enjoy. The closer you are to God, the more of the resources available within that you have access to. And of course, the farther the enemy will be from you. There are clear distinctions between justification and sanctification. I've explained that. I will just run through this. Please, when you get up, compare John 1.12 and John 17.14-19. You see the scripture there, please, you can just write it down. And by the way, this presentation will be on the website. As justification, you have life. As sanctification, you have life abundant. As justification, the old man is given a crucified blow. Now when you give somebody a blow, bam! What happened? You knock him down. Can he stand up again? Yes. That happened as salvation. But the truth is, at sanctification, the old man is destroyed. Your old man is what? Destroyed. The former Lakan is dead, buried at sanctification. Then let's, let, let's go to this. Justification gives you the right to heaven, while sanctification gives you the fitness for heaven. The right to heaven. But the fitness to truly enter, what will give you? Sanctification. Sanctification is the passport you need to identify you as a candidate forever. Salvation, sorry. Salvation. Salvation is what? The passport. So until you are saved, you are going nowhere. In fact, not that you are going nowhere. You are on your way to where? To hell. But that you are saved, at least you have the passport to get to heaven. So you can relax. But you don't relax and sit down. You need to get what? The entry visa. And what is the entry visa? Sanctification. The entry visa for you to enter heaven is what? You get, to, you get there with your passport. They will check. Is there any visa with that holiness? 
No man shall see the Lord. Sorry, you are not permitted. So you see the step I put there. Number one, you must get your passport by being born again. Number two, you must secure your visa. Your entry visa by being holy and sanctified. And number three, you must get ready for your ticket and your flight to heaven. And what is that? Rapture or death. Rapture is either rapture or death. But you are fully equipped. You have your passport. You have your visa. You are living a holy life. Now, the next slide, please. Why the need to emphasize what we believe as a church about sanctification. This church, by God's grace, is unique in the sense that it's a combination of people from different types of backgrounds. All of us here, we can, if it has, you said you, we should count how many churches you have attended since you were born. We, we will count hundreds, I'm sure. Many of us have attended up to ten churches before you landed in this church. And you know what? All those things you have carried from those churches, the doctrine, they are still part of you one way or the other. And that's why the church is taking this, taking this opportunity to teach about what we believe as a church. In 1 Timothy 4.1, 1 Timothy 4.1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, Giving it to seducing spirit and doctrines of the devil. As we speak, if you go to internet, you will see it. There's a concept in some churches that once you are saved, you are saved. That the moment you say the sinner's prayer, you are saved. That is the lie of the devil. What they claim. Is that it does not matter how you, li- you live your life after salvation. You already said the sinner's prayer, you're on your way to heaven. He says, sin is no longer sin for you because you have surrendered your life to Jesus. This is a concept from the pit of hell. Let's look at what Jesus said about this. The truth is that it is possible for a believer to fall. That you are saved is not a guarantee you will make heaven. Hello? That you are saved is just a guarantee that this, you are a candidate for heaven. The only guarantee for you to make heaven is sanctification. If you read Luke 9.62, because of our time, we will not read all. Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom. No. In Matthew 7, 21-23, say, Not every word that said unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. You read it further. In Matthew 24, 13, say, But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. In Revelation 2, 2-5, Nevertheless, say, Remember therefore from whence thou hast fallen. He was telling the church that you, everything about you, I love it. You are doing the right thing. In verse 4, it says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore, verse 5, from where thou hast fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or have, and will come unto you quickly, and remove thy candlestick 
out of his place. So, brothers, don't be deceived. It is possible for a believer to fall. If you don't believe that, go to Matthew 27, 3 to 5. And you saw what happened to Judas Iscariot. He was doubly born again. He hurt with Jesus. He did everything with Jesus. He cast out devils. You know when Jesus sent the 70? He was part of them, right? He took communion with Jesus. But see, what happened to him? He's in hell now. Philemon 124, 2 Timothy 4.10 You see, one of the laborers of Paul by the name Demas He fell out of grace. Every is not for backsliders. Every is not for careless and reckless believers. You are falling today, down tomorrow. You say, Pastor, I just don't know. I'm just so up and down. Who makes you up and down, Christian? It's you yourself. You want to do this thing, make up your mind. God, Jesus said, if it is your high that will make you to go to hell, what do you do with the high? Take it to high clinic? Say, remove the highs. When of us we are taking the high to clinic, is that what Jesus said? Say, if your hand will make you go to hell, take the hands, let them put POP. Is that what Jesus said? Say, cut it off. Be disciplined. Don't complete with the devil. Then you will live above sin. Now, let's see the warning. Warning for all born again Christians. Philippians 2.12 We are for my beloved as he has always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And Hebrews 10.26 Hebrews 10.26 For if we sin willfully, you know this sin is a sin. Say, I will commit it, I will go to God to have forgiveness. Who told you before you will come to seek of forgiveness, you will not be dead? You say, well, let me just commit this sin. God is God. You are not seeing me. God, you are not seeing me. You commit this sin. Say, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry. Who are you playing with? You are playing with hell. As believers, you don't go commit willful sin. Because as the sin is being committed, if Jesus Christ will come, where are you going? Second Timothy 2.19 Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this field, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. If you want to be a Christian, one of my mentors will say, please be a, a Christian in all fair price. Be a Christian, everybody know you are a Christian. Be a diehard Christian. If you know you want, don't want to be a Christian, go and be doing all sorts of nonsense. Go and become the devil. But you want to be a, a Christian, please be a genuine Christian. That's what we are saying. There is nothing like being on the fence. Sorry. Is that you are for God or you are for the devil? He said, if you are lukewarm, I will do what? Spit you out. Now, when you get home, we don't have time to do this. Because of the second part. Strategy for staying holy. Let's see this slide. I think this next slide, yeah? Strategy for staying holy. When you get on, please read Second Peter 1, 3 to 11. You read it in New Living Translation. Second Peter 1, 3 to 11. 
And what, how do you run from this thing? How do you stay holy? Ensure you are growing in the knowledge of God. The closer you are to God, the farther you are from the devil and his tricks. When you read that place, because of time, I don't have time. Jesus said, okay, let, let's read verse 3. Say, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need. Jesus is not going to die for your sin again. Hello? He's not going to die for your sin again. He has done his own part. Say, everything you need for living a godly life, holy life, we have received of him. So what else do you need? You just need to cooperate with him. And the grace will be holy. The Lord will give unto us in Jesus' name. When you read verse 5, you leave a translation. Is that what we have? So in view of this, make every effort. Don't be lazy about it. <laughs> in, when you read verse 10, it says, So dear brothers and sisters, work hard, work hard to prove that which you are really, whether you are truly a Christian or not. Work hard on it. Do this thing and you will never fall away. That's what I said. Do this and you will not what? Fall away. And verse 11, then God will give you a grand entrance. Do you see that? You see the scripture licking one another. With that holiness, no man shall see the Lord. You pay the price, God will give you a grand entrance into his eternal kingdom. Let's go to the second teaching. Holy communion. This is very straightforward. And by God's grace, we are doing it in the church. You have seen it. But many are still not partaking in it. Our text is going to be Luke twenty two, forty to twenty. Luke twenty two, forty to twenty, which makes us to know that this was instituted and commanded by Jesus himself. Not Paul. Not Peter. Jesus himself instituted holy communion. Other names being called is Holy Communion, the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Table. It is one of the doctrinal instructions, direct doctrinal instructions given by Jesus to the church. So if it was Jesus, Jesus gave it, and you are not part of it, you are on your own. As a believer, if you are not partaking in the Holy Communion, you are living in disobedience. It's part of what Jesus said. He told his disciples, do this in remembrance. And to help us to know the conditions that are attached to this, as God revealed to Paul, he recorded it in 1 Corinthians 11, 23-34, to 34, 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 34. Paul recorded this. I'll be taking you through four basic definitions, or you call it meaning, purpose, or essence of Holy Communion. Number one, Holy Communion, the next slide, please. It is a special and unique meal with the Lord, which serves as a remembrance of the sacrificial death of Christ and the impact. On mankind. In verse 24 to 25, he said, Do this in remembrance of me. 
It is to be taken as many times as possible. He just didn't say, okay, you only take it once in a month, take it twice in a month, as many times as possible. I will give you one testimony of a sister that had an ailment, HIV, HIV AIDS. And he was giving cancer. That use, instead of you using those drugs, there is even no drug for HIV. Say so use the Holy Communion every day in church. After one month, the HIV cleared off. One month of taking the dosage of Holy Communion. And you have been taking it for how long? <laughs> you have been taking it for how long? In verse 33 to 34, we are made to know that it is required, it requires a special preparation by those who want to take part. And what does that mean? Full consciousness of what you want to do. Many of us, we just come anyhow. You, if you come anyhow, how will you go? Anyhow. No, that's a song like that. You come anyhow, you go anyhow. Every only communion must be approached with high expectation. Full consciousness of what you want to do. And I will tell you something. My mentor taught me this. If any of us here, you are invited to go and meet, as it is, President Obama. The minimum, I'm, I'm sure you will do. You will, you will change your wardrobe. You will wear nice suit or whatever. Nice shoes. You will do everything. Oh, all, all your friends, you contact them. Eh? Expectation. It is more that you are coming to dine with who? Jesus at Holy Communion. Prepare yourself ready. Pack yourself by every way. Say, God, you know I'm serious about this. See the clothes I'm wearing. See everything. I've, I've, I've made everything ready because I'm going to dine with Jesus. And by God's grace, because I've learned that, I don't wear any how cloth. When I'm going for Holy Communion. I see that I am going to dine with Jesus. He said, dinner with Jesus for me. I'm telling you this for you to know. You have to prepare spiritually. And prepare what? Physically. Then God knows that you are, you are serious about this issue. And you take what belongs to you. From the King of Kings. Number two. It is an opportunity to ensure... Adequate preparation for his coming. Holy communion gives you opportunity to be, to be able to be fully prepared for his coming. I won't be surprised if Jesus Christ will come during Holy Communion service. <laughs> I won't be surprised. I'm not saying I know when Jesus will come. <laughs> I don't know when he will come. But I won't be surprised that he will come during Holy Communion service. And you are not found worthy to be part of it. <clears throat> so it is an opportunity for us to ensure adequate preparation for His coming through continual examination of our commitment to Christ. Many of us, we are so busy that you hardly even find time to say, ah, Have I committed anything today? You don't even have time to do it. But only communion gives you opportunity to reassess yourself. Oh, the last one month, how did I live my life? I said I'm a Christian. I said committed that sin. God, please have mercy on me. So Holy Communion gives you opportunity to reassess yourself. Even though you are supposed to reassess yourself every second. 
Because Jesus Christ can come anytime. You see that in verse 26? Verse 28 says you should examine yourself. Now, let me go through this. Who is qualified? Because we are talking of doctrinal issue here now. Who is qualified to partake of the meal? We have said this on and on. I'm going to have one to eat. In this church, now, take this. In many other churches, there are many other conditions. So we don't need to argue about it. But in this church, we believe that for you to partake, you must want be born again. You are not... It's not that they say, I'm born again. You must be sure you are born again. And you must be sanctified. You know what that means? You are not the one committing sin willfully. You notice a sin and you are committing it. And you are taking only communion. You are attracting cause upon yourself. You have not forgiven your neighbor. And you are taking only communion. Poison! Jesus. You have not forgiven your friends. And you are coming to take only communion. You are taking poison. It's better you sit down. Is that not better? Than you to go and attract poison. If you are not holy, you are not born again, you are not sanctified, you are still willingly committing sin. We are not saying you, you committed sin by mistake or anyhow. But you are saying, God, I am sorry. God, I am sorry. You are free. But you have committed sin. Many of us even, even have restitution to make. You have done what is wrong. And you have not made it right. Jesus said, not even only communion. Say, when you are coming to give your offering, you remember you have us against somebody. What should you do? He said, don't give that offering. Go back and set to false. Before you come, now you are coming to take, put in your body, only communion, and you are still living in sin. Number two, you must be baptized. In this church, we believe for you to truly say you want to take part in the Holy Communion, you must be baptized by immersion. That's our belief. You know why we believe that? I will tell you this. At conversion, when you say, I am saved, how do I know you are truly saved? It's between you and who? And God. We don't see, there's no soul meter here that we put on your soul. That did you actually give your life to Jesus? And this nowadays, the Bible says, by their fruit you shall know them. Many are even faking the fruit. No, some people come to church because they want to marry. Eh? They will give their life to, to Jesus. I've seen that. I don't have time. I'll give you the example. They give their life to Jesus because they want to marry. After the marriage, uh, uh, one point, I will tell you one. The night of the marriage, you know what happened? The brother said, from today, is the Quran will be reading. No more Bible. Life and direct story. The brother came to church six months to deceive the church. So, why do we say what about the sin? Because that is the only way we can know, and we know between us and God, we are free. That you have truly declared, I am saved in the Spirit, and I have demonstrated to my brethren that I am what? Saved. So we said you must be water baptized. Because water baptism is a public declaration of your salvation. So we believe that you must be saved, sanctified, water baptized. And number three, we do not permit children to partake of Holy Communion. Why? I will ask you this question. 
If you have the answer, you come and tell me. What is the age that a child, if he dies, you are sure he will go to heaven? Or let me rephrase it. At what age should you, as a child of God, make sure you take your son and your daughter through the sinner's prayer? So that in case Christ comes, you know he will go to heaven. What age? You don't know. You don't know. That's why I encourage you, one of the things we discussed in the Friday school, I encourage every parent, please, as much as possible, the moment you see your child begin to understand things, asking you questions, take them through the, pray, the sinner's prayer immediately. Get them saved. Nowadays, we see eight-year-old committing atrocity that even 15 years or 30 years old is not committing. Yes or no? And you are telling me, oh, child, child, oh, the guy is still a child, is still a child. If Christ comes, he's going to hell. A king, we have seen king at eight or age of eight in Israel. Is that right? Eight year old, becoming king. And he says, he's still a baby. So please don't play with So in this church, we don't, so don't be offended when you bring your child for Holy Communion. We will not give any child Holy Communion. Only adults that know what they are doing. Those are the people we give Holy Communion in this church. Praise the Lord. Number three. It is a demonstration of our oneness with Christ. And a unified platform for all believers. So when you partake of the Holy Communion, you are showing we are one body. Believers. Doing things together. In unity. Yes, we do it spiritually. We do it physically. Demonstrating that yes, we are one. As a family, one with Christ, one with our brethren. John 6, 56, Romans 8, 17, 1 Corinthians 11, 33. I'm going to rush now because of our time. And we are, I've said you can take Holy Communion in the church. You can take it in your house. You can take it in your house. As the head of my home, I am the pastor of my home. Are you with me? You are the pastor of where? Your home. So you can conduct only communion in your home. But you must have this right spiritual standing. That's the condition. That's the time I said, we'll take only communion for every day. It's on the altar of that. Jesus did not say, only do it here. Only do it there. Do it. No. What? We only use bread. You know, before I started taking only communion, I used to say, what are these people taking? <laughs> I was eager to know when I was growing up. It's only bread and wine. Wine without alcohol. Zero percent alcohol. That's what we use. And how? According to the scriptures, the sequence Jesus gave is, you take the bread first, and what? You take the wine. And before I forget, when we call you for to come and take Holy Communion, because of the time, please take it. Before you come, be praying for what you need from God before you come. When you come here, take it and go back to pray. If not here, you don't need to pray here because of the time. But you have time to pray. But even of us, after you have taken it, that's when you start gisting. That's the time you need to cry, God, I have taken your blood and your flesh. Everything not permitted in the body of Jesus is not permitted in my body. But you are praying. You took it. You already. 
It's just that when you take paracetamol, you have a headache, you take paracetamol, what happens? The moment you take that paracetamol, even yourself, you start to feel, yes, I'm okay. Correct? Before the drug will start to work, yes or no? The same thing. Once you take a shot of the Holy Communion, go back and begin to pray. And not to pray, that you get the best from it. Number four, it's a divine package by God for his children to enjoy the fullness of Christ. The fullness of Christ. Second Peter 1.4 I will quickly go through some of the benefits that you enjoy when you take Holy Communion. Because of our time, you see, you have it on the screen. In theology, that's what we call typology. It's a course that we did in, in Bible school called typology. It's all about, in the Old Testament, we have the Passover. And the type of the Passover in New Testament is what? Holy Communion. Now, when you look at what happened to the Israelites after they took that first Passover, <laughs> I pray it every moment, every time I have opportunity to take Holy Communion. I will take you through, through it. Let us read Psalm 105, verse 36 to 38. Psalm 105, 36 to 38. We just read that and I will take you through that. So it smote also all the firstborn in their land. After the Israelites took the meal, look at what happened. Even before this, after they took the meal, look at what happened. It smote also all the firstborn in their land, the chief of their strength. It brought them forth also with silver and gold. And there was none feeble person among their tribe. Egypt was glad when they departed, for the fear of them fell upon them. When you read Exodus 12, 35 to 36, it says, Exodus 12, 35 to 36, And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses, and they borrowed of the Egyptians jewelries and silver, and jewelries and gold, and raiment. And the Lord gave people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they led unto them, such as they are required, and they spoiled the Egyptians. If you truly believe, it shall be unto you, according to your faith. Now, let me go through it. After they took the bread, the Bible requires they had freedom. 430 years of slavery disappeared after Holy Communion. After Passover, which is a type of Holy Communion. Do you, are you in under bondage? There's an opportunity for you to be set free. They asked favor before their enemy. The Bible said, they spoiled the Egyptians. They gave them everything they needed. Prosperity. They have everything up to tomorrow. Egyptians want to come. They wanted to collect back what the Israelites took from them. <laughs> See, tomorrow. <laughs> Holy Spirit. Proverbs 13.22 say, The wealth of sinners are reserved for the righteous. Divine protection, day and night. The Bible says, as they were moving, God, there was a pillar of fire with them. God was protecting them after that meal. Victory. Over obstacles. They saw resting. He said, the Egyptians you see today, you will see them no more. And before you know it, resting parted. I see your resting parting. In the name of Jesus. As you partake of this meal, everything that has hold you bandage, every demon that will not allow you to cross over to your new year, I decree they shall be drowned in the name of Jesus. Look at other advantage. They had victory. They had extraordinary grace. 
and they have divine healing and even stand head. The Bible says, none was feeble among them. In Psalm 105, verse 36 that we read, it says, none was feeble among them. And the Bible said, the slippers they were wearing was not torn for 40 years. And you are taking the meal, you are not attracting the blessing. Because you take it anyhow. Eternal life is another benefit. And I put here, every other thing that you desire, and you know it is traceable with Jesus, including a child. Maria, Maria was not, Mary now, I'm saying, calling it Nigerian language. Mary was not barren. He carried the child of promise. Say, God, as I take this communion today, everything wrong in this womb become perfect. Because Jesus stayed in a womb. And that Jesus was not miscarriage. Jesus, as I take this holy communion, this child shall be saved in my womb. Anything you know, you know you want from Jesus as to partake of the flesh, of the body, and of the wine. Trust God that God is doing it for you and it shall be unto you in the name of Jesus. And finally, I'll read this testimony for you. Now say, brother, since he was given back to, he has been having terrible sickness from one sickness to the other. So he came to church and he took the Holy Communion. After the Holy Communion, he became uncomfortable. When he got home, he started vomiting. As he was vomiting, he vomited padlock and keys. Padlock and what? And keys. And that was the end of his mystery. After, one of his uncles heard that this boy, this man, vomited key and padlock. The uncle came and said, I need that key and padlock. Because he was the one that planted it inside him. They told him, oh, no, we are sending to the church. You know what happened? God appeared like he appeared unto Israelites. The son, one of the sons of that uncle, died. The other one paralyzed. Because the judgment, the same order of judgment God did for the Egyptian, invented on that boy. Let's be on our feet. So you have the opportunity. How are you using it? You are taking it every month. Are you getting the benefit? Now, please permit me to say this. I need, I need to warn you about this meal also. When you read 1 Corinthians 11, 27-28, it says, never partake of this if you are not worthy. I've given you the qualification. What is the consequence? It says, many partake of it and they are weak. They sleep, they die, and they go to hell. And finally, before we pray, and I will invite the pastor, I'll give you two examples. And those three showed me this. Two people were in the first Holy Communion. Peter and Judas Iscariot. Peter took the communion with absolutely no sin and with willingness to even die with Jesus. What happened to Peter after? He fell and he was restored. Because he did it without any unconfessed sin. But brother Judas Iscariot took the same meal with sin in his heart. He did not confess. He knew he had committed the sin. He was still taking of it. What happened to him? He fell like Peter fell. But Judas Iscariot was not restored. It is your portion today. Which one are you taking? You are taking this meal to live. 
or you are taking it for otherwise. If you are not worthy, please don't take. Prepare yourself and you come and take the meal. Examine yourself. We have to examine ourselves before coming to take part in the last table. We have heard enough. This communion is prepared for the children of God, those who are born again, those who are water baptized, that is, those who are accepted Jesus Christ in their life, and those who are confessed to their sins. Even though you are born again, if you have an unforgiven sin in you, you are not qualified. But here is an opportunity for you. Examine yourself. If you have any unforgiven sin in you, confess before the Lord. Be sure God is here. He is merciful. He forgive your sins as well. Examine. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's pray for the bread and the wine. Jesus, Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you for the privilege that you have given us. Lord, we are blessed to be here and also to take part in this table which you prepare for us. We pray and sanctify the bread and the wine. Lord, which, rem which reminds us of your body and of your blood which was shed for us. Yes, dear Father, when we take part in this, O oh Father, we remember your suffering, your death, your burial, and your coming. We also acknowledge that you died for our sins. Lord, you arose again. And you are going to come and take us to be with you forever. Lord, we pray for it, O oh Father. As we are coming together, give us the understanding. And also the, Lord, wisdom to accept it, O oh Father. Yes, dear Lord, keep us together in love, in faith. As we are going to take part in this, let us take blessings in our life and be united together in fellowship as one. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Please take your seat. As the time is short, please cooperate with the ashes as we are guiding you. Once again, it's a reminder for you, we cannot take part in this table in an unworthy manner. So, please be conscious and prayerfully come and take part in this table and it is a blessing for us.
just give thanks to the Lord. Let's have an attitude of gratitude in remembrance of Christ's act of love. Everything that he means to you, just say thank you, Lord. Those of us who have partaked, participated in the Holy Communion right now, let it have meaning in our lives. Let it be something that truly is a communion between each of us and Christ. Let's just say thank you, Lord. If it was not for you, Lord, where would I be? In some miry clay, unable to extricate myself from it. But Father God, you hung on that cross. You died. You shed your blood. That today I can stand on solid rock. Father God, we are grateful. We are thankful, Lord. Father God, and it is with this attitude of gratitude that we come to you, Lord Father. That your act of love in our life, Lord Father, is something that we will remember day after day, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We are thankful, we are grateful. Thank you, Father God, for teaching us this day, Lord Father. That we need to keep working out our own salvation, Lord Father, with fear and trembling. Father God, let us not take any of these things for granted, Lord Father. Everything that you are teaching us day after day, Lord Father. I pray, Lord, that this will root us in the faith, Lord Father. That will establish us in our relationship with you, Lord Father. That we will stop being superficial Christians, Lord Father. That we will not put on masks as we come into this church, Lord Father. But we will truly be the kind of people that you want us to be. That you will have pleasure in that great day when you say, come into my presence. Well done, my faithful servant. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for every person you have used, your servant whom you have used this day, Lord. We thank you for him, Lord. And we ask, Lord, Father God, that you continue to anoint him, continue to bless him and his family, Lord Father, that he will be able to bring to us that which you bring to him, Lord Father. Thank you, Father, for every one of us gathered here. And as we go, help us to remember, Lord Father God, that we are going with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in our presence at all times. This is the early days of this month, but this month is a victorious month. Father God, we give glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you as we step out. Please fellowship with each other. Drama registrants, please do meet with your team leaders.